There we go. All right, that is I'm a Promise. That's my favorite all-time song. When I was growing up in church, that was my song. I remember my dad singing that with me, and uh, man, that was just what made me who I am is I'm a Promise because he instilled in me that God had a plan for my life. Even though I didn't know what I was doing, God still had a plan in my life. If I would just follow him, he would work it all out, and that's pretty awesome. You're the same way. You are a promise. Let me read you this uh, scripture here. This is in John 10.10, 10, and a lot of you know it by heart. It says, uh, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. Man, that's, a, that's it. And here's this other part. I am a good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Dwayne's been doing the 23rd Psalm. We've been talking about sheep. And I figured, wow, we'll just throw that in there for extra. He's a good shepherd. And he lays down his life for his sheep. You know, sheep are pretty dumb. I hate to admit it, but I'm pretty dumb sometimes too. Sometimes I just don't know what God wants to do with me. And I just need to surrender and let God do the good work that he needs to get done in me. So we're going to turn to Matthew 16 today. Matthew 16. And that's where we're getting our scripture from today. Dwayne is down in Florida, going to be doing a funeral on Monday. So he asked me to make sure you guys knew that he was missing us and he needs our prayers this week on Monday for sure. So you guys have been uh, requested. All right, we're in Matthew 16 this morning. Uh, this is a great familiar scripture, but I want to see that you guys get this thing, okay? Uh, we're getting ready to go to New Orleans. Every time I think of picking up my cross, I'm thinking, man, dragging that thing down through Bourbon Street. I'm thinking like shouldering the load. I'm thinking like, man, God, what are you going to do? Who are you going to draw in the way? And what are you going to do? All right, so that's a big deal. I'm going to pick it up in verse 13, uh, Peter's confession of Christ. Let me get you, the Pharisees always give Jesus a hard time. Pharisees, Sadducees, all these religious people, they always give Jesus a hard time. They were living, they were talking to the Messiah, and their eyes were so blinded, they missed the whole thing. They missed it. And that just blows my mind how they missed everything that was happening at that time. Hopefully, we don't miss what God wants to do in our lives in this way, okay? Now, let's pick it up in verse 13. He says, Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, but still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said, But who do you Say I am. Man, that's a pretty big question. That goes out to all of us today. Who do we say he is? Who do we say he is? And here it is. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, You've answered correctly. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven... I also say to you that you are Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell won't overpower it. 
I will give it to you in the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. Let me go back here. He answered correctly. Who did he say? Who revealed that to Peter? It was God the Father. Revealed that to Simon Peter that this was the Christ. Guys, God calls us all the time. But a lot of times we fail to hear and respond to what he's calling. All Simon Peter was doing is say, who do you say I am? He answered correctly. You are the Christ. With that answer, man, you hold the world in your hand. Okay, this is the creator of the world that can do anything. But get this, he doesn't last long. He says, upon this rock I'll build my church. It wasn't Peter's answer. It was Jesus Christ being the rock of the church. Amen? Amen. The little pebbles are our faith that we believe in Jesus. And that's going to construct this temple of God that each one of us have inside of us, okay? We're all assembled here today today as Dorisville Baptist Church, but this is Christ's church, all right? We're here to serve Christ. But get this, it doesn't last long. In verse 21, listen to what happens. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he was going to Jerusalem to suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. And get this, and be killed. And, they, and be raised up in three days. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God, forbid it. Lord, that shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are, uh, are setting your mind on things of earth, not on God's things. Did you get that? Simon Peter just pronounced Jesus as the Christ. And then, not even a paragraph later, he goes, Hey, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block. You're more concerned about what this world has to offer you than what I can do with this world. Amen? He came to be our Savior. Peter's wanting to save him for an earthly kingdom here, and it's just not going to happen. Jesus says, my father's got other plans. My father has a way of saving all these people that are going to come. But I need to die. I need to be selfless. Pick it up in this last verse here. Verse 24, this is life. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any man wishes to come to me, He must first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father and his angels, and will then be repaid every man's account to his deeds okay church 
He said, if you want to be my disciples, how many of y'all want to be Christ's disciples? All right, first step is you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Second step, he says, in becoming my disciple is, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. What does this world tell you? It's all about me. I'm the only one that counts. Do Christians get messed up in that philosophy? We do. Boys, down the front row. We get messed up on that. We do. It's all about me. All right? I'm the only one that counts. I got somebody texting me on my cell phone. I got to answer that right now. If I don't, they'll think I'm mad at them. What does God think? What does God think when we're not about his business and we're all about our business? Is there a difference? There is. God wants all of you. He doesn't want part of you. He goes, I created each one of you, and I know exactly what you can do for the kingdom. I didn't create junk. That's God speaking. He made masterpieces. He made you for a specific reason and a specific time. And there might be just one person you might reach with your testimony by the way you live your life, by what you do, by what you say, how you act. But you'll miss it if you do what self wants you to do. If you'll listen to this world and say, hey, I can't do that. There's no way. I'm not good with people. Did God make you? God is so good. We just sang that song. He's good. He can use you. Get over the devil's little thing whispering in your ears, you're not good. You're not good enough. All he wants is all of you. Surrender. That's the key word, surrender. You know, every time God wants to do something good in my life, I always got excuses. Take the last mission trip we went on. We went down to uh, Puerto, uh, Puerto Rico, wasn't it? Puerto Rico. You know what God did? He said, hey, Brent, I want you to go. But Brent didn't want to go. Hey, it's going to be hot down there. You don't know what in the heck you're going to be doing. Who knows? But you know what? When I got down to Puerto Rico, God had a plan all worked out just for me. And I'm so glad I said yes. You know, God's got the same thing happening in your life. He's got those divine appointments that you need to take up on. You might need to teach Sunday school class. You might need to do whatever. But you're putting God off. Because you don't think you're able. You don't think you're qualified. All he asks is for surrender. But there is something else. He's asking you to put aside what you think and do what he wants. Okay? So let's pick it back up. He said, you must deny yourself and then take up your cross. Wow, what in the heck's a cross? What's that got to do with anything? What did Jesus do on the cross? He died. 
The youth know that. He died on the cross. That Roman cross represented death. Represented a gruesome death, torturous death. Okay, these people would suffer. They'd hang there for three days. That's what it represented. Anytime you've seen a Roman cross, that was their power over you. They were going to kill you. You were guilty. You were stained. But Jesus is asking us to take up our cross. Put yourself on that cross. What did he do in three days, guys? He rose again. The power of that cross was nullified by Jesus Christ being innocent man that stayed there on that cross because he had you and my sin on him that kept him on that cross. But he rose again. And therefore you have grace to live a life full and abundant. A lot of times we don't do that. We don't live a life full and abundant because we think once we come to Christ, that's it. Being his disciples is exciting. Being on mission for God is exciting. Jeremy's sitting over here. He never rode in a plane before until he said, hey, I want to go serve. I want to go to Nicaragua and see these kids. I think God's calling me. Got the man that scared airplanes on an airplane. Can God do that? He can. Did he change his heart? You'll have to ask Jeremy, but I think the answer is yes. Can he change your heart? The key is denying yourself. And put yourself on that cross. Take it up. Every time I walk down Bourbon Street with this cross, I'm amazed. We got 300 guys following the cross. And I'm going, man, that's so biblical. That is just right there. We got mobs of people there on Bourbon Street. And I can only imagine Jesus when he did carry the cross. They spit upon him. They mocked him. They abused him. They did everything. But I got my man leading up there with a Bible. The Bible's open. It's going before us, before the cross. And you know what happens to those crowds? It's like a wave just splits. They allow us to walk through. Whose power is that? It's not mine. It's God's power. Because he's being glorified. He's being lifted up. I had Dontavius uh, learn a scripture when he got saved. I said, dude, you need to commit this thing to memory. He's working on it. I'm going to have him say it to you today. Dontavius, stand up. Tell me that verse. Galatians 2.20, folks. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Amen. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but he that lives in me. The life I now live, I live in the power of the Son of God. He gives you power to live, folks. Power to do the impossible. You excited? I'm here to pump you up. It's by taking up his cross. Believing he can do something in you that nobody else can. Does this world need 
that kind of power? Yes. Yes. Many people search and don't find because they're unwilling to give up self. And guys, I'll be honest with you, they're unwilling to take up the cross. But each one of those things is a daily task. I can't just pick it up one time. I can't just surrender one time and it's all done. It's daily. You know, when Dwayne asked me to preach, I'm going on Monday or Tuesday. He said, hey, man, it's going to have to happen, buddy, because I'm going to have to be down there at that funeral. I'm going, Lord, you know my heart. You know my week. How can I get that done? I surrendered. I'm here this morning. I'm preaching his word because... It's not what Brent's got. It's what God's got for you that counts. Let me turn into 1 Peter. This is all about Peter here. And God revealed this to me in my studies. 1 Peter. It was eye-opening, pretty big. First Peter. All right. First Peter, I'm in uh, chapter 1. I'm going down to verse 13. It's almost like uh, Don Tavis's verse. It says, Therefore, prepare your minds for actions. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to, to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former ways of lust, which, which were your own ignorance. But like the Holy One, you are called to be holy yourselves, also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy because he is holy. You shall be set apart from this earth because he was set apart from this earth. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to be persecuted. There's going to be hard times. But don't look at it as a pain. Look at it as a joy. There's missionaries all over the world that are martyred because they went and served. They went and did what God told them to do. They're more alive now than they ever were doing their own thing. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? You can't hang on to it. God can. He'll reward you. Live for him. Not for what you get here on earth. You know everything you obtain here on earth, you know where it's going to be? Right here on earth. Everything you bind up, everything you lose, it's going to be in heaven if it's done in Jesus. It's done in God. If you get some people to profess Jesus Christ, if you draw confidence from God's word, if you have a relationship with him, you take that right up to heaven with him. Use your time wisely. It's so ironic I'm doing this because I'm not a reader. I hate to read. But God's changing that because I'm surrendering You know what? This last year I read my Bible through. It's not to brag. It's just that I did uh, a challenge, Bible recap. Tara Lee Koppel, I always call her Sarah Lee, but Tara Lee Koppel. 
It was interesting. And you know what? I'm doing it again. You know why? Because I get something out of it. I'm a different person because I spent time with him. Guys, gals, what are we spending our time on? Are we taking up our cross? Are we being denying self? Are we doing the things that we need to do? I want to read this little statement here. Many people spend all their energy seeking pleasure. Okay? That's what the world says is important. And on your possessions, and possessing it with the power, but all that stuff's going to be worthless. Because this world's going to end. What are you going to have when it ends? Don Tapes did a good job learning that scripture. You know what? We need to dump more scripture in our kids. We need to dump more scriptures in our families. We need to dump more Jesus in our families. You know what? That's it. There. His word will not go out void. He will accomplish his task if you will set your mind on things that are of him, okay? He will accomplish great things. Being a living sacrifice. He says, if I will take up my cross, deny myself, if I, Romans says, be a living sacrifice. You know what's so hard about a living sacrifice, guys? What's so hard about a living sacrifice? I had a bird on this table. What would that bird do? Fly away. If I had myself on there, what are the times God asked me to do something, what do I do? Fly away. Okay? It's just like asking you guys to teach Sunday school class. What'd you all say? Sign me up, Brent. I want the adults. I want my mom and dad's class. No, every one of these kids is scared to death. You know why? Because they're going to have to walk on faith. They're going to have to trust God a little bit, that he can use them. You know, Trey wasn't always good in public, but God used him in a mighty way. I'm glad he's using his talents here for us. But he wasn't always like that. He had to step out on faith. And God did a work. Same thing with you. Same thing with me. You see, folks, it's not what you know, it's who you know and whose you are. All right? I know I've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And I know I'm not here to serve this world. I'm here to be a light in dark places. I'm here to motivate you to be a light too. I'm here to pump the church up. I think we're on the brink of revival if we just get right with the Lord. I think he can do great and mighty things to this body of believers if we just believe he can. But it takes denying yourself, getting yourself out of the way and say, hey, God, it's all about you, not about me. Taking your cross up and saying, hey, God, what do you want to accomplish in my life? Well, how can I die to myself? How can I see you live? And then follow him. You know what? My kids I teach, their number one game to play besides hide and seek is follow the leader. 
it's fun to follow the leader. And you know what? Those little tricks you do to get somebody to do something that the leader didn't really say, they think that's fun. You know, the devil thinks that's fun too. You got to watch who you're following. He wants you to follow him. And he led a life that was flawless. Let me get back in 1 Peter and give you this verse. Uh, 1 Peter, we're going with uh, chapter 2, verse 20. It's amazing how God just turned this 1 Peter book all on me. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated... You endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Here's the last part of that verse, 21. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. That's God's word, not Brent's words. Check it out. What I'm telling you today is God trying to tell you, put me in charge. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and do the things I'm wanting you to do. You go, Brent, I never heard God talk to me. I never heard God tell me anything. I always go back to that Christian radio station where I listen to it and this guy's praying, oh, God, what will your will be for me? And the phone rings. It's the pastor. Oh, can you teach Sunday school class? No, you can't teach Sunday school class. No, that's not for me. I'm too busy to have a Sunday school teacher. And then he goes, something else. Will you be a deacon? And he says, no, no, there ain't no way, pastor, I can be a deacon. Then the daughter comes in and says, Grandpa, would you read the boys a story out of the Bible? Can't you see I'm trying to watch TV? That thing is so pointed because that's exactly what the world wants you to do. To be too busy. To be all about yourself. To skip God. And say, hey, I've already surrendered once to him, that's it. He wants to do great and mighty things in you if you'll just let him. Peter failed many times, guys, and he still was used of God. I remember him denying him three times, don't you? But he was his right-hand man. And I remember a soft Savior coming right back to that man and said, Peter, do you love me? I think he's asking those questions today. Do you love me? Will you do what I tell you to do? Will you go and be the light that you need to be? I've equipped you. I've been the example. Just follow. Give you another example. John 13, 35. It says, by this they will know we are disciples if we love one another. Amen. Hey, that's God's words, not mine. There's a lot of this world that says, man, it's crazy. This Jamal Hamilton thing, I wasn't even going to bring that up, but that was so awesome. How a professional football player can have so many people through the cause of Christ pray for him and lift him up and see what God did. 
see how God's blessed. He's helped many a kids in the foreign countries, many kids with poverty and everything else. But it's not about Jamar Hamilton. It's about his Savior, Jesus Christ. If this world gets tired enough of the devil and all his tricks and schemes to keep, the, to keep his body of believers quiet, why don't we get up? Why don't we serve him? Why don't we start learning some scriptures? Why don't we spend time with him daily? Are we too busy? You see, God's heart isn't on the busyness. God's heart's on the relationship. Guys, in the gospel, G stands for? God, God created us for a relationship with him. All right. In the gospel, God created us for a relationship with him. That's our number one purpose in living, to have that relationship with God. It's not about anything else, and a lot of times we miss it. Because we think our purpose is every other thing. Are we teaching our families what's important? Oh, man. Guys, it hurts. But it helps. To know my God loves me that much. and He'll chase me down every time and confront me with things I'm doing wrong. Confront me with ways that I'm thinking I'm living for him and I'm not. Because it makes me a better person. It makes me a better follower of Jesus Christ. Because I'm trying to let him chip off the rough edges. Here it is again in 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm going with verse uh, 18. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he may bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. You know what that tells me? When I accepted Jesus Christ, and I know this through other passages of scripture, he gave me his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit dwells in me. But a lot of times, I don't let that Holy Spirit take over. I quench it. You know what I mean. It's like Roth said, man, when God makes you a divine appointment, you go, well, is that really him or is that just because I don't, or because, man, I just don't know. It's really him. If you'll get used to hearing that still, small voice and follow that still, small voice, you'll be amazed how your life changes. You'll be amazed at what God does. And I've been amazed by myself. I was, uh, yesterday, up refereeing a game. How can God talk to you while you're refereeing a game? He does. I make some lousy calls up there. I'm just human, you know what I mean? But, man, this testimony... Amy Evans shared, and I was going, wow, that is awesome testimony. And she said, man, that was the first time she's given her public testimony. I'm going, man, go get it, girl. She's doing great up there. And then I look across the gym, and I see uh, my old neighbors, Randy and Lori Settle. I grew up with them. She cut my hair when I was a kid. She knew me when I was about this tall. But her son, Justin, is having a hard time. Stage four cancer. 
you know, I know all about it, but you know what? God convicted me. Brett, you need to go pray for him. So after the game was over, I rushed over there. And I said, hey, guys, God told me to do this. I'm just going to have a word of prayer with you. You know what? They didn't say, hey, Brent, you're crazy. We don't need it. They said, no, we'll be glad to do that. We joined hands there, and we had a little prayer meeting right out there on the basketball court. Because I was listening to God's voice in me, the Holy Spirit leading and directing me. Who's going to heal this guy? Is it going to be the doctors? It's going to be God. You believe it? You walk around with guys all the time that you can sit there and pray for. We go, ah, oh, that would be too embarrassing for me to do that. Be bold. Jesus walked his life around all the time. And you know what? He took time to stop and to heal somebody. He took time to stop and play with kids. Follow him. Not me. Follow him. And you know what? When the disciples first answered God's call, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's not me that's going to win anybody to the Lord. It's me living Jesus. Denying myself, taking up my cross, and following Jesus. It's going to make a difference in somebody's life. And I leave the results up to the powerful God because he draws all men. You remember in that story I told you about Peter who revealed who Christ was? It was God revealed it to Peter. And Peter answered. He was bold. May we be so bold. But in his boldness, he falls flat on his face most of the time. I want you to know, sheep are dumb, and so am I. Sometimes I fall flat on my face. I'm very humble. But I will get back up. I won't say, God, you can't use me now. You can use me because I'm broken. You know, each one of you are a masterpiece. The reason I know that is because you're broken too. There's not one of you that's perfect out here. The law reveals how broken we are. But God takes that brokenness and he makes a masterpiece. If you'll just serve him through the power of the Holy Spirit, just walk with him daily, he'll do the work that needs to be done. See that flag over there? These are great countries. Countries we have missionaries in. You know, it's that one flag that's kind of different than everybody else's. It's a white one. What's a white flag represent? Surrender. I heard somebody say heaven, but it's surrender. For you to be a mighty warrior of Jesus Christ, you don't need to raise the American flag. You need to raise the surrender flag. And if you'll raise that surrender flag, your commander-in-chief will make sure you're in the right place, doing the right stuff. But you've got to raise the flag, folks. If you don't raise the flag, you're still doing it you're on your own. 
He says, surrender. Let me do it. Hmm. One more verse here. I got uh, Peter. Chapter 4. In verse 2, it says, So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer. For the just of men, but the will of, for the will of God. Let me read that again. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the just of men, but for the will of God. What he's telling you is live for the will of God. Make that your central focus. Live your life for him. If you'll surrender and live your life for him, he'll do great and mighty things. You know, a person never comes to Christ by accident. It's always a surrender. Surrender always makes the peace. Because you can't fight that fight very long. It said in that scripture, what will a man give? Because God knows he's prepared a place. And if he goes prepare a place, there he'll come and get you and take you to that place. If you do it on your own, it ain't going to get done. Wide is the gate, narrow is the way. He's the only way. Know who you're surrendered to. Know what you're working with. Are you willing to surrender everything to Jesus and say, hey, it's all yours, God. Use me in a way that you want to use me. The hardest part about serving God is the day-to-day surrender. Every time I get one of these kids in here, they always think, hey, I got to do my basketball, I got to do this, I got to do that. The best thing a lot of times for these kids is to say, hey, no, I'm going on that mission trip. Hey, no, I'm going to take time to make God a priority. He's going to be number one. I know I bucked the system. I know that's not popular. But guys, what are we dumping in our kids? Are they going to be able to stand? When he says put on the full armor of God and just stand, can they do that? Do they have their salvation? Do they have the shield of faith when they take those flaming arrows the devil throws at us and extinguish them? It takes a whole church here. Let me give you examples. Self-denial. David. What do you know about David? Youth, what do we know about David? He's a man after God's own heart. When he showed up on the battlefield and everybody's making fun of their God, Israel, what God do they have? He's a weenie. They're making fun of him. Who is the guy making fun of him? Goliath. What do we know about Goliath? He's a big dude. You don't mess with Goliath. Philistines thought they had a ringer. A nine-foot dude, he could take on anybody. He'll wipe them out. He'll be the best wrestler on the team. 
What didn't they know about our God? Our God can do anything. Our God takes dust and makes human. Our God had a man out there. This man was a little boy named David. David said, how dare that guy talk about my God like that? I'm going to go out and fight him. Why don't you guys go out and fight him? You know, there wasn't one man out there that said he was going to go fight. So Saul, being the good king he was, goes, I'm going to let this dude go out and fight. Nobody else will. You know the story. He took one smooth rock, slingshot, no armor, let it go. It sailed right there and hit the guy right in the head. He was out. Cut off his head. All Israel goes, wow! I think God's wanting to do that again. He's just looking for the little Davids that are after his own heart to surrender. To say, hey, yeah, I want to take up my cross. I'm going to serve him. I want to serve him. I want to do whatever he tells me to do. That's teaching the Sunday school class. That's it. That's coaching an all-star team. That's it. I want to let you know, man, these kids are really getting on fire with these memory verses that got on these wristbands. My kids know their memory verses. I'm excited because God says his word won't go out void. I'm excited for D now with learning all the books of the Bible. I'm excited these kids have wanted to learn that. God can do something. But it takes surrender. I had more, but I'm not going to go with it. Hey, everybody's saying it's a good job. It's not a good job unless you surrender to what my God needs you to do. He's waiting for volunteers. Man, he's still waiting for some one person to go to New Orleans. How big's your God? How much do you want to see him work? What will you test him with? Will you say yes? Will you go? Will you read your Bible this week? And guys, the devil beats me up all the time. I'll miss a week of the Bible, and I'm going, man, you're such a failure, Brent. I don't even know why you're a minister. You know what? That's just the devil. God's done forgive me. He knows I'm a screw-up. But I'll do whatever I can to get back on track. Don't let the devil beat you up. You're saved. You win in the end. Know that he's got a power and he's battled to win. He could do it. Take time to lift things up to him. Allow him to work. Allow people to know that you serve a mighty God. And you're all about serving him. He'll do the work. Amen? Amen. Bow with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the message. Man, I was feeling so incapable, but you came through with your words. They weren't my words, they were yours. And God, I think that's just where we are. We struggle with things. We struggle with what this world says is important. This COVID thing rocked us on our rear. 
But tell me, Father, man, you're bigger than that. You love us so much. You sent your one and only son to die a gruesome death on a cross so we could come to know you as our Lord and Savior, to have that relationship with a loving Heavenly Father. He wants nothing more than see you shine, see you live a life that's going to count for something, to leave a legacy. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you just be with all the folks in this room. There might be one that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior here today. And I just pray that you would just uh, whisper in their ear saying, hey, I need to get that done today four times too late. I need to confess Jesus is my Lord. And God, I know I got a lot of saved folks out here. They all raised their hand. They want to be a disciple. Tell my Father, man, it's difficult. Help us to surrender. Help us to deny ourselves. Help us to pick up our cross. Help us to do the things that you called us to do. Help us to be the people after your heart. To put you as a priority number one. Seek you first with everything. So you can do a work in us that we think is impossible. Thank you for making it possible. Simple Father, I mentioned a lot of people that needed uh, prayer today. This little boy in El Dorado that needs a miracle because he's got his cancer that came back. Justin Settle, young man that's in his career, that has a family that's hurting. Simple Father, I know that you've got a way to glorify yourself through all these hurts. I know i got Mike over here, Simple Father, that needs some prayer, and I just pray that you would just be with him. Help us to be your body. Help us to be the people that believe that you can do all things. Help us to instill that faith that we have in you. In Jesus' name I ask, and all God's people said, Amen. if you'll stand with me.